Yes, Mom. I I told you I was having company over. You know what? Can you just go get us some milk and cookies for me and Johnny? All right? Oh, lie, John. Yo, this podcast is sponsored by Anchor, the number one podcasting app known to man. If you didn't know, now you know, and it's going down. It's simple, it's easy, it's fun. Just download it. That's it. You did. <laughs> what a time to be alive. We're jumping straight into it. I got Jiggity Jiggity Justice and uh, Gary Faust with the mouse. He <laughs> <laughs> won't listen to a damn word you're saying. <laughs> That, it was smooth, though, right? Why wasn't that Jiggity Jiggity Gary? Yeah. That's or something. I'll work on it with you. Because I'm white. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, Justice? Nothing much. Just cool. I'm trying to stay, uh, stay grounded in this heat right now. I feel that. So the people already know about uh, Gary. Let's get a quick rundown on what you represent and what do you do here in Austin, Texas. So my name's Justice, as he said. Um, I have been living in Austin for about two years now, so that's why I'm still not used to the heat. Um, we don't have heats like this in Virginia. Oof. But um, I work at the University of Texas at Austin with the Black Studies Department, specifically within the John L. Warfield Center. We're the cultural programming wing of the Black Studies Department, which means we throw a lot of great events, we bring great speakers in, um, we have forums and roundtable discussions for students to talk to. We offer community support um, and fellowships. And yeah, we are basically the cultural programming wing of Black Studies. What is cultural programming? So it's like cultural and then programming. So we have programming that's specifically rooted in um, diaspora uh, studies. So we have people come in, they talk about a full range of things. So it'll be anything ranging from... We had uh, a professor from, I'm going to say it wrong, I want to say she was at Tufts, Christina Sharp, um, who spoke about her book in the wake, and it's a really beautiful book about the way in which race moves, and it's not mm. like, it's more like a reoccurring phenomenon, like the weather is kind of how she kind of explains it in her book. This was a few years ago, so I might, I may be uh, not doing it justice, but we um, essentially host uh events rooted in diasporic studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also offer, um, we partner with community um, organizations who are basically rooted in Austin and do a lot of good work. So at the last conference that we had, the Black Studies Conference, which was our second conference that we've held, nice. um, we offered a fellowship for two of our community partners, um, Algo, which work with black and brown people of color, or the black and brown uh, queer-based people and um, Mama Sana, who offer black and brown mothers uh, basically the services needed to have natural births, doulas, get them ready for pregnancy. And so it's a lot of cultural outreach? Yeah, it's, nice. a, it's about a, like half and half. We do the academic portion and we also make sure that we're rooted within the community. Because when I hear cultural programming, it makes me think like somebody's trying to program you. You know what I mean? Any like somebody that. Yeah. The word programming it sounds in weird. itself, yeah. It's like it makes you think of program, like you're being programmed into whatever you're watching or you're indulging. Well, I don't say indulging, but sometimes if it's Netflix, you're indulging in the program. Right. But no, this is more so like a program, like we're having like a 
regimented kind of like event as opposed to like um, highly curated and kind of like manipulative just nonsense. Does that make sense? I don't know. In defense of programming. <laughs> little bit. What's your take, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Livingston? I mean, it's awesome. It's a program that's trying to help out the, the community. Nice. No, what's your take on the programming? The way it sounds? I don't really think too much of it. You don't really think too much of it? I don't think at all. Rosses, <laughs> <laughs> my friend always says, like, Rosses are very, like, literal in the sense of, like, how they use words. Yeah. So, like, uh, what's one example that I always hear? It's like, don't just understand something because you're understanding it, like you're underneath it, you want to mm-hmm. overstand. So I've also heard this, yeah. <laughs> you want to over, they don't want to be under. You know, have you heard that before? No. <laughs> um, all right, so quick question. How, well, how long have you been in Austin? I have been in Austin for two years. Two years. Mm-hmm. How long have you lived here? Uh, off and on for almost five years. Um, what about you, Gary? Thank you for asking me that, <laughs> host of the show. <laughs> what a time to be alive, Justice Man. <laughs> like three years, roughly. Nice. Uh, so, you've been out here long enough to understand what the black scene in Austin looks like. What do you feel about the East Side, and where do you see it going? <sighs> it, that's a very tough question. I've been here long enough to know that Austin is not very black at all. Mm-mm. So when I came to Austin, I don't really know too much about the East Side other than mostly through my work at um, the War Folk Center. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I would have come here thinking that the way things are now have been like how they've always been. But like through my um, former colleague who was a, like I think she's a fourth generation Austinite, which I hear is very rare. Mm. Um, but through her work, um, her anthropological work and um, the exhibition she created she kind of unearthed some of not unearthed but like brought to the forefront a lot of the issues of gentrification like Clarksville are you familiar with the area what's going on with Clarksville Clarksville a parent I want to say like it was a former um freedmen community so where freed slaves lived and built their community and there's this, this whole history of the black individuals who lived in that um area uh basically having very poor conditions. I don't think they they got um, electricity until like 1970. And through the process of them like withholding some of, maybe not the 70s, but I want to say like it was- Around that time. It was really like, everybody else was kicking with electricity and that community was Mm -hmm. purposely left out of that. Um, It's essentially a human right in America, especially at that point. Um, but yeah, they didn't have access to it. They didn't have it in their system. And then it flipped where that became the desirable area. So then there's tactics being used to push people out. And so now if you look at Clarksville, I think that there's probably only three individuals of color, three families of color who live there. And I think people who own own a house there, maybe like one or if any. Wow. So now it's, if you look in Clarksville, it's, it's made a whole 360. It's made of golden doodles and <laughs> mom's jogging in the day. That is crazy. Yeah, so, is, yeah. it, is it like that back in Dayton, Ohio? I'm trying to find this. The Clarksville? Yeah, I'm trying to find the Clarksville. Let me see if I can pull it up too. Um, oh, you're from Dayton? I'm from, at, well, not from, but my family's from Columbus. Oh, I got family in Columbus. <laughs> Columbus in the house. Um, but yeah, so going back to your question, 
I don't know enough to speak to how things are changing. I feel that things itself are very, um, there's not a whole lot of diversity. I mean, I, I grew up in Virginia. It says in 1914 they added a waterworks, two newspapers, an ice plant, and an electric power plant. Over in Clarksville? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Stephanie, um, she works over, also on campus, she's the one who, Stephanie Lang, who created this wonderful exhibition um, about Clarksville um, and kind of unearthed a lot of the, the history and the research of that area. Um, she could speak highly, but she's the one who introduced me to this whole shift and how that's an area now, like if I went to, I wouldn't recognize, I wouldn't right. even know it would be a Freedman community. That's and that's cool. kind of like, I came in on the cusp of East Austin kind of making that transition, but mm-hmm. not knowing enough of the history of how it was. I'm learning the history through the work of the people and the um, individuals here at Black Studies and also community members who right. are invested in preserving and telling these stories and, you know, bringing awareness to it. But all I really know is, like, word of mouth. Yeah. There's a lot of mom and pop shops over there that are... Back to back to back, going out of business. Moving up to Flukerville, huh? Mm-hmm. Either Flukerville or out there in Del Valley. Oh. Far east, mm-hmm. like all the way out there by the airport. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's sad, but I, I feel like that's just reality in a lot of these cities that are slowly growing. Or not even slowly growing. Slowly, Austin, yeah. yeah, Austin's grown at a one high rate. Yeah. growing cities in the yeah. country. There's just a, so it's San Marcos. a history, or not just a history, it seems like there's this pattern of vast city development right Mm -hmm. and that's cool cities grow but we also have to understand that cities need tiers of people to be successful in that while they grow that you also want to make sure that there's things in place for the city to maintain and for the individuals to maintain and for Mm -hmm. people to 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 not be kicked out but to be supported in their community right so well, a lot of the cities where the, all the poor folks are getting kicked out are all tech cities because mm-hmm. there's no, not as much of a need for the brick-and-mortar buildings, so there's not as many jobs. Mm-hmm. San Francisco's the same way. Across a fucking arm and a leg to live there. Yeah, but even then, like at the end of the day, there's all these tech institutions, but there's multiple layers to the way that that city runs. So we have the, the tech guys who can afford to live in something or to live in San Francisco, but there's different layers and different jobs. There's different people who have different salary and socioeconomic kind of like. Yeah, but the, the cost ability. of living is so high there that once you, there's a cutoff point. That's why there's so many homeless people that live there. Yeah. yeah. Same thing in LA, same thing that's starting to happen in Austin. It's starting to happen here. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Oh my gosh. gosh. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Well, they, they passed the, that law where, you, where the homeless are not allowed to camp on public. Sidewalks. Yeah. All, is it all public property or public sidewalks? I think it's as long as it, city. Yeah. I think it's city or state. I forget. They they use a specific term where it's like it it's probably by the city. City. Or the state. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would make more sense. Yeah, because the city can offer that that governance. How the fuck is that going to help anything? I don't understand that. From my, because I think the understanding between doing that is to decriminalize homelessness because if you're perpetuating like I'm ticketing you for here being here I don't think it's going to solve anything I think it's it's a step to to rethink the way that we look at homelessness. Yeah, every every like I would say 
the majority of mm-hmm. crimes that people are picked up for on Guad yeah. are all homeless people. Yeah. And the majority of them are, are like indecent exposure mm-hmm. or sexual harassment or something like that. I just don't understand how that's how it's productive to say. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're, we're even more welcoming now. There was a guy that yeah. there was a transient homeless guy that killed a UT student a couple years ago. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, I might not have been here for that. But yeah, yeah, this guy butchered her. Mm-hmm. He followed her home from school. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think it's a fucking horrible idea. Yeah, I think. To that point is that people have the capacity to do evil regardless if they have a house or not have a house. And I think that when your initial reaction to somebody you see who doesn't have a place to live is to think of them as a criminal is a little... Like, I don't think there should ever be when somebody has an identity that the first thing that you think of is associating them with criminal. Because a lot of times I don't think homelessness in itself is inherently criminal. No, it's not. There's right. like there's many different factors that lead into it. And but there's also inherently. a lot of homeless people that commit crimes. There's also a lot of people with homeless people money. commit crimes. So what no. can we do to get them off the streets and get them? Well, what did the, the arch work? Arch made it worse. Exactly, yeah. that's my point. It's it's almost. I don't want to say it's incentivizing it because I think a lot of those people have mental issues anyways, and a lot mm. of them are fucking booze hounds. Yeah. So I don't think having another homeless shelter is going to do anything. I definitely don't think saying, yeah, set up camp on the sidewalk is going to do anything. But I think, if anything, the idea is to... I don't know what the fuck to do, honestly. I don't... It's it's one of those things, it's it's a catch-22, because you want to be able to offer the proper resources for people who are down on their luck. Mm -hmm. And you also want to to be able to identify who needs help outside of just putting them in jail or just leaving them on the streets. Like, yeah, but I mean, like you what, said, mental health issues and addiction and all of those things are diseases. But they, and criminalize. I, I don't. I disagree with that. Okay. I've I've been. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I told you that. Yeah. Heroin capital of the entire country, mm-hmm. and it's not. People aren't. I I, I actually guess actually I could. I understand the theory of it being like a disease because it does spread like a disease mm-hmm. but it is it all is up to each individual's choices and the foundation of choices they make mm-hmm. bases is the basis for their lifestyle and when you have a lifestyle that revolves around drugs mm-hmm. you're not you're not it's not conducive to anything that's productive for you or for society in general mm-hmm. so when when somebody says like hey this is a disease you're helpless over it well then that's going to make them feel powerless and like you said like and I think it sounds sounds cheesy what you said, but I do agree with it. When you mm-hmm. say understanding something as opposed to overstanding something, mm-hmm. if you can get yourself to feel like you're powerful over a disease instead of powerless mm-hmm. under under a disease, disease, drug addiction, mm-hmm. whatever, it's going to give you a better chance to be able to mentally wrestle that to the ground and, and not let it take over your mind. Yeah, and I think, I mean, when I say disease, I don't mean something that is terminal. Or that you don't have an option. Like it's something that you have the agency to fight and combat if you use the proper tools, if you utilize right. the proper resources. Like it's not just an end all be all. It, the disease doesn't mean that you know it's that you don't have a level of agency. It means that you then need to make sure in order to get well, if you want to be well, which you know that also is an individual's choice. But if you want to be well you want to be supported, you want to get clean, that that you utilize the resources or that there are resources there. And it's, you know, there's layers and there's textures, so I try not to operate in absolutes. But I think 
I'm going to be an optimistic. It doesn't happen often, but optimistically, it seems as though the the city is trying to decriminalize homelessness and have and point out the people who want access to resources. But then to your point, what does that do for the people who then aren't looking for these resources? Yeah, and what does it also do for the people that aren't homeless? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's our money. Or what if the word gets out and you, that you hear more homeless are coming in? That's yeah. what happens. Yeah. It's, I, feel I, like there crazy, was a, I feel like I've heard stories of cities uh, dropping their homeless communities off in certain places. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. I've never verified this, but I've also heard the same thing. I've heard Hawaii, and then I want it say I want to say Hawaii I don't know why but I want to say Hawaii but that's another place of yeah, they're buying plane tickets bus tickets yeah and hey you know here's a little bit of cash in your pocket and ship them ship them up ship them across the state but I don't know my heart hurts I feel like it's not you know what <laughs> if somebody look if you lived in a city and you're like I don't want any homeless people here and they're gonna let you go camp on the street in Austin yo hey here you go here's a ticket yeah I mean yeah. bro it's Austin's just shooting itself in the foot they're 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 totally ins- when you put it that way, it, they are incentivizing. Yeah, it's like hey, me. like, hey, I'm homeless. Uh, like that's like me taking a trip to California. I run into a homeless community, and I'm like, yo, I lived in Austin. It's fucking legal to be homeless, bro. You're <laughs> struggling with the police. There's good money out there. There's fucking this homeless shit. Yuppies, they'll give you everything See, you want. And then they come and back with them. Difference though. So there's a difference between people who like, and I've also heard of people who choose a lifestyle where they can. Be oh homeless. yeah, there's that too. There, and then you know that would be something that we call to the city to make sure that they have the proper resources. To make sure that they're validating and checking or mm. whatever. The same way, like, okay, so Austin, we were talking about gentrification. Same way, Austin, they claimed, or not claimed, they offered this low income housing um, program for citizens of Austin to combat the gentrification. Um, mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that ended up being was that it wasn't offered to any families because it wasn't families applying for it. It was um, young professionals, college students who, yeah, who still apply financially Mm -hmm. for the, um, because they are under a certain salary bracket, but we're utilizing the resources. Now, that shit should only be for people who have families. Yeah. But, you know, that's the same thing to what we're saying is that we get that these services can be useful and can be helpful if targeted and offered and given to the right people, but we need to make sure that there's protocols involved for those who might be taking advantage of the system. Just all these people trying to look for a loophole or try and find oh, like yeah, a... Oh, of course. Yeah, but that, that's my take on it. They're, I think their heart's in the right place, their mind's in the right place, but to your point, so that it's not... I think it's counterintuitive. They yeah. probably... What's that saying? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what's happening. Damn. Blinded by their own... So how's the road to heaven mm-hmm. paved? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have answers. <laughs> you got a theory for yeah. us? <laughs> Hard work. The truth. And booze. I was going to say hookers. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Close enough. Oh, my God. You're out of there. So what is your uh, political view on today's society and where this world is going? Well, like, that's a really this? open-ended question. Yeah, bro. <laughs> what kind of... Can I just ask questions and be like, no. all right. Art. Art. Sure. 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 I love saying sure. Like when somebody asks me a question, I don't feel like answering it. Sure. 
Did you watch the Democratic debates? No, uh, I saw a couple highlights. A couple highlights? Highlights? <laughs> 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 the first round of the I saw a couple highlights. <laughs> this is the worst. I did see this some highlights, bro. worst election ever. There, it's, I feel like I'm oh. watching a WWE match. Ah, well, damn. You got people just... Every which way. Yeah, I, didn't, I haven't watched any of it. I need to take a break. I feel very overwhelmed. And, I, and that's the thing. I feel burnt out by the political system. It's fucking ridiculous. Everybody's <laughs> pandering, too. Yeah. It's, a, it's become a pander-a-thon. It's cheesy. I can't think of the woman's hurt? name. You made it one. <laughs> I can't think of the woman's name. But when she wore that... Oh, uh, that one bitch... Oh, I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> <I ain't talking laughs> she wore the rainbow bedazzling yeah, jacket, yeah. and I just Kamala wanted, Harris. Yeah, Kamala. And she's just over here putting everybody in prison like it's a big goddamn well machine. <laughs> that bitch, she's a bitch, dude. You know how many people she's put in prison for dr- small drug offenses? How many? A lot. <laughs> I don't know the numbers because I didn't. But see, look, you just said you said like the pe- the. Flipping it back to what we were just talking about, homelessness and penalizing and criminalizing homelessness, she's a bitch for putting people like drug addicts in prison, but homeless people should have a penalty if they no. are vagrants? No. Okay, I'm, I'm, I want a clarification. I'm not saying we put the homeless people in prison. <laughs> right, I'm just gonna, yeah, don't, don't, go, don't go there with it, Gary. <laughs> don't go there with it. Yeah. next <laughs> I'm still trying to, that on my <laughs> trying to make some money, bro. <laughs> I'm not trying to, <laughs> you're not trying to get banned yet. Alright, I'm not saying we put the homeless people in prison. Uh, I'm also... Mm-hmm. I am saying we definitely don't put a bunch of people that get stoned in prison. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, agreed. Yeah, that's, that's what she's doing. Kamala Harris. But everybody right. calls her Cop Harris. Wow. She's like a fucking cop. Hmm. And I don't even... I don't even really... Dislike cops. I mean, you gotta have cops. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not, you know, I've had my run-ins with yeah, the law. Yeah, yeah. One, two, a dozen times. Yeah, have <laughs> many. But I still do respect cops. And I will say that the majority of the times I've been in trouble is probably a little bit of my own fault. <laughs> a little bit? That means 100%, huh? Okay. Yeah, for some reason I went I'm just gonna stop talking. <laughs> I went brain dead for a second. Bounce back anyways. Sure. You went brain dead for a second? Yeah. For the past well, 25 years. I'm like... <laughs> Unlike you, I don't take a shower with a helmet on. But uh, I'm leave that out. How do you feel about Beto speaking Spanish during the one of his speeches? Me? Pandering. That dude's a fucking Irishman. He's more like you than he's like a fucking Spanish guy or Mexican or Hispanic or whatever. That's a fucking asshole. I don't like him. I don't, the, only, the only Democrat I like is Tulsi Gabbard. She's fucking legit. Okay. She's not a fucking lunatic. Mm-hmm. She's not pandering to anybody. She says it how it is. She served in the military. She probably understands to a certain degree the opposing thought process mm-hmm. as to what hers is. She's arguably a kind of a moderate liberal, but also not big government. Mm-hmm. She passed. She was pro First Step Act, getting people out of prison and st- well, not getting them out of prison immediately, mm-hmm. but even raising money to get getting them out. getting them back into society. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people that have been to prison, so I'm, you know I like that. I think that's what they need because everybody I know that's been to prison is way way worse afterward mm-hmm. and she also was promoting a bill that would federally decriminalize marijuana but still allow autonomy to be had by the states if they wanted to keep to keep it illegal which i personally think that it should be legal i don't i don't care i think it's the same thing as drinking beer 
but she understands that there is the pro the I, she understands the idea of federalism, which is the idea that states should retain certain powers. And unfortunately, when you have those ideas and you hold those beliefs, you have to understand that sometimes states are going to do things that are good and sometimes you're going to do things that are bad. But it kind of maintains a power balance, I think. No, I hear that. I don't like the, the government in general. That's yeah. kind of my stance. That's why I don't like a lot of the Democrats now because they're all big government Democrats. Mm -hmm. And to be totally honest with you, a lot of Republicans are the same way. Mm -hmm. they, but they're just, they're just saying... Well, we're going to help you out. They're going to keep the government off your back. And then they turn around and go and spend all your money on a bunch of worthless bullshit anyways. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I just feel like the whole just presidential campaign or just any campaign just becomes so gimmicky and so showy. The whole yeah. speaking Spanish. If the intentions, this is where I go back to my pessimist side. If the intentions were generally to be able to feel like uh, welcoming candidate if they were for genuine. the Hispanic population, right? I 100% am on board with that. But the timing of it, the fact that they probably lost so many Hispanic votes to Trump, mm -hmm. that they're now in a desperate act trying, trying to, to relish those votes. Like, no, you should have been about it from the very beginning. We've okay. known that we've had a growing Hispanic yeah. population from the very beginning. We've known that we have LGBTQIA people from the beginning, so now that we're wearing rainbow, now that we're realizing that these people matter in order for votes to matter. Fun fact, votes have always mattered. You should always be trying to to offer a platform that makes people feel like they're being seen and they're heard. It shouldn't just be when it's convenient right. or as a convenience. I don't know. I don't like it. I am 100% supportive <laughs> of, you know... Everyone, Who would you vote for? So you're a realist. I don't I don't have anyone. Oh my goodness. If I'm just gonna say right now, I would probably vote for I'm gonna say his name on because when I tell you I've been checked out, I'm super checked out. Pete Buta Butichek? No, I was gonna say Andrew. Is Yang? 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 Hold on. Hold on. This is now we're about to get into some deep shit. I hate Okay. Man. Actually, actually seems like it. Honestly, he does seem like probably one of the more genuine, yeah, yeah, genuine guys. But I think his ideas are horrible. Yeah. How would so? How would the thousand dollars work? I, from my understanding, it would be a of a stimulus package that would provide um, people to have a to use their wage as a living wage, or like to provide their bills and for everything else to be like a surplus to promote spending. Families or individuals? That's bad. You don't. We should not be promoting spending. That's consumerism. That's yeah. all. That's a covert form of crony capitalism. That's all that is. Yeah. Yeah. That we don't want to be. Lazy. We want to be promoting good values and cultures and yeah. people saving things and working hard. We want to promote. We want to promote values, mm -hmm. not spending. That ah. Uh, but as somebody I like who it. I and I say this from my point of view, as somebody who came here, I had a degree, and my initial job did not pay enough for me to live in Austin. I literally, my, my check got me by fairly, and then I bartended it to make the extra amount. Yeah. And, or imagine people who are families who live in a city and no, their qualifications will not get them a job that will provide them a salary for an adequate pay. So I, in my head, I'm thinking idealistically, this is where I go back and forth between like angel and devil on my shoulder, but in my head, idealistically, it would take some of the financial burden off of people who actually have to juggle two jobs I in think, order to live. But I don't know his full plan. 
I got caught by the jump. I like watched a Vice Land video on it, and I feel like, hey, I can fuck with that. But I, like I said, my views right now are very like they're not super. It's still up. Look, I think I think anybody can make it because I've worked construction, and there's Mexican dudes over here running across the border, literally, mm-hmm. and they're getting paid three eighty five. Mm-hmm. And they live with like 12 people in one house and they make a yeah. fuckload of money. Yeah. And they don't spend it on shit. Mm-hmm. And they get they are doing better than half the people I know that are middle class. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's so somebody can make financial it literacy that isn't always available or there's a history. Well, that's why of, I'm talking about yeah. promoting values instead mm-hmm. of promoting spending. Spending yeah. spending does nothing but feed the, the fat cats at the top. Yeah. yeah. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, when I see this guy saying, hey, we're going to take money from the oil companies and we're going to give you $1,000 of it, I'm thinking... What, so we can take that $1,000 and give it right back to them? It's a fucking scam. Yeah. It's a pyramid scam. Figure out a program that you could do where, hey, or it can, that $1,000 can, instead of giving them $1,000, well, this is what this $1,000 will cover when it comes to bills. And also, we need to educate the, the people before giving them money. Because if you don't educate these people, their Bro, kids are not okay. getting educated. How many times kids, have kids you talked to me about the education system in this country? Mm-hmm. You always tell me the same thing. Who created the education system? Your little spiel. The Roth, the Rothschilds, the, the Rockefellers, or the Rockefellers. I'm, well, I, that's the school system. And I'm talking they, about educational what, wise. How are you gonna educate up. people? Through, everything's through public school now. Nobody does any community based shit, and everybody bashes private schools, which I don't really What about the charter schools? Uh, I don't know enough about it. I, was I just about to say, hate yeah. school in general. Yeah, I, was about to say I go to UT. I hate UT. I hate UT. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I don't like it. They I they don't they don't like me. I spent more time than I needed to at UVA and I I while well, I enjoyed my you got your degree in, there. In, is that Oh UVA is the University of Virginia. Virginia mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just Virginia VA. V- oh VA. Yeah. There's only one University of Virginia. We don't have one at yet, from what I understand. Gotcha. Or so we you have one at one. one. Yeah. So, so I'm at the I'm at the root. I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> but um, the other one is at Wise, but I graduated from the the equivalent of what UT is to the the or at to the, the Virginia schools. Exactly. So um, yeah, I had my time there, and the institution sucks. But what I got away from it was valuable, and that may be the same understanding mm. of like you in school systems. I mean, my mom's a teacher. Um, in Virginia, and she claims, like, she's like, I hate teaching, I hate teaching, but she's been doing it for almost 30 years, right? But it's not that she hates teaching, she loves teaching. She doesn't like the system. system. Yeah, yeah, she can't discern the fact that the teachers are awful, they don't know how to talk to the kids, they don't know how to teach the kids. She's a public school teacher? Public school teacher. I think most teachers, and I've said this before, I know sometimes people tell me I'm an asshole, but I think most Mm. teachers don't give a fuck. Yeah. What do you think? I'm already getting underpaid. Why would the fuck would I give a fuck what Billy does? It doesn't even matter if you're getting underpaid, man. Most it takes people. a special kind of person to be able to teach that you being something. And not all of 100% is on that special platform. A lot of them are just trying to get by and get paid so they can support their family. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're, that's, they're doing it for money. They're not yeah. doing it because they love it. I mean, a real teacher is going to do that shit regardless, regardless whether or yeah. not they're getting paid or not. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think that there's an extra level on which you feel supported financially and in your structure to mm-hmm. then be able to combat the fact that you are dealing with, it's not easy to teach, no matter what it is. You can have the best kids ever, but you're still dealing with right, yeah. 20 to 25 children who need something every day, who won't stop talking, right. you are constantly engaging with. And that's exhausting. Like my mom says, 
there's been there's days actually every day she can't even go to the bathroom if they don't have resource so she literally wow. is talking and teaching nonstop from eight to whatever and whatever resource time that they do have is spent using meetings so do so, you think that if teachers got paid more then then wouldn't it just attract people that want more money it can you know what I'm saying it like, could, imagine if a teacher got paid the same amount as yeah. what a lawyer got paid it's gonna attract that kind of shark mentality of the lawyers where, the, where they're all about the money they just want to get paid and then they're gonna start doing these having research grants or something I don't know how all this shit works but mm-hmm. then they're gonna go in there and they're gonna start making up shit to get paid more that's human nature that's yeah. greed I'm not saying most people would do that but I do think you would the, the top there tier of yeah. sociopathic tendencies that top tier of people would do that shit yeah I I think to that point, it's kind of what's already happening with the test systems and people being incentivized to teach, like to make their children do well or to have their just to pass well, the test to pass the test. Yeah. That people instead of like I want to support these kids and I want them to do well, it's like I want to get that bonus or whatever. So I can see that being it goes an both issue. ways. But I think wholeheartedly that when you have individuals who are being paid adequately, they'll they're more inclined to want to do their job. Like if you're paying somebody enough where they feel comfortable or they feel like that salary is covering the work that they're doing, people will they're, they're feel not gonna like, be disgruntled. Yeah, they're right. not gonna you know, if that kid's you know, that kid has an issue at home but you have an issue at home, you might if you're you're paid comfortably and you didn't have to work at Walmart the night before or the weekend before to then come in and support, you know. Right then you might be more inclined to, you know, be like, I can't deal with that today. But if you're working that one job, you feel supported in that one job, you might have more of the capacity. More energy to be able to focus on that. I understand mm-hmm. that. I, I'm not saying teachers shouldn't get paid. Oh, no, I'm saying good. that they, you can't the over, excess of Yeah, it. the excess. And we got to cut some of these incentives because, well, also think about this too. When you like look at how at UT, mm-hmm. we have all these millions of dollars, yet somehow tuition keeps going up, mm-hmm. right? What the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's They're crazy. mismanaging money. Yeah. Straight up. The fuck you graduate with debt? I don't understand I mean, that shit. I kind of work the system in my advantage. I don't understand so I'm, that. I'm only, I only got five grand in loans, but... Oh, that's great. Are you finishing up this year? I'm smart and poor. Yeah. My mom always tells me I'm lucky because I have Please. less than 15000 in debt. Yeah, that's not bad. It's I mean, not bad at all. It's, it is an investment. Yeah. It does cost too much. I, I think we need to let the community start working on the educating the, on educating. I, I brother, I've been saying that shit for years. I think the I don't believe, I don't like the government teaching no, me shit. No, I no, definitely no, don't no, like no, no. teaching yes. me shit. Definitely not. So you that community, community, you get the community. That's what they used to do, man. But see, people used to get taught in like churches and shit. Mm-hmm. So if you don't, because religion's dying out, you know what I mean. So if we got, if we don't have, there's got to be some sort of cultural backbone that more or less justifies. The binary, the I guess it would be a binary between the whole, the whole country in general. Just I'm speaking in, mm-hmm. in big picture of the corporations and the government, and the corporations more or less running the government, the government regulating the corporations regulating, and we got to have culture justify it all and keep the balance there. Because if we don't, we're going to be brainwashed into spending all of our money and being consumers, or we're going to be brainwashed into giving the government everything we fucking have. But to your point, and back to the gentrification thing, so if it, we call on the community, but the community cannot be rooted and doesn't have roots, it's shifting, it's moving, mm. and it's constantly kind of combating that 
the corporations, the big money, you know, how can there then be an effective school system for them through the community that's you mean how like in the city like Austin where everyone's kind of transient and yeah. people say, Oh, fourth generation Austin, like that's pretty abnormal. Or not so much as that as or even saying more so that like let's say East Austin is a community of people. Uh, and they were responsible for schooling or creating a schooling uh-huh. system. And that looked like a but look like black and brown people living in the area and then let's say it's in the span of like what an elementary school would be. People are slowly moving out and the people moving in don't have kids or then the people who left are then okay. left to go to a new community to mm, kind of like make shift and you know, it's like what those things, if we look at it like mm. little picture, little picture, little picture, come back to the bigger picture of it's like you said, the system's not doing what they need to do to serve the people who they're supposed to serve. But I don't know. I think I agree. Like I have a, friend who's very much on she wants to start a school for black girls to learn who they are what they are and then you know all the this the systems that they need mm-hmm. and she's always like well i this is what i want this is that's what I want. good yeah no yeah. see i i what, do you, what would you think if they started a school for that was only for white boys that was what my next point was going to be was that she she faces that back argument and her whole point is that there has been a history in which these individuals have not been served. And so I want to cater an experience directly to them. I said, well, Taylor, like, that's, you can't. Nothing's wrong with that. I was like, you you can do that, but there's the argument that it's reverse racism or whatever, you know? Bullshit. Look, if if somebody wants to make a school that's only for black girls, Mm -hmm. have at it. If somebody wants to make a school that's only for white boys, have at it. I don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Fuck what people do. As long as we're not over there teaching them, like, fucking to hate people or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I, get, I mean, I guess that shit, I mean, you know, it could happen again, I guess. I, I think that sometimes in self-segregation, there's, there can be underlying issues, especially when you're self-segregating and you're kind of the majority and the system's already inherently work in your system. Like, let's say this has been a country dominated by black women creating systems that infringe on one specific body of person or a specific group of people. You know, I don't know. I don't even want to say that. Take that back. I don't like that idea. I'm not going to put that way. I do that. It's, it's a hard letter because it's, you want to serve the people who haven't been served, but you don't want to limit people from doing what they're doing. Right. But to my, my point is that there's so many places that are just inherently may serve, like, white boys in, in schooling, so... What do you mean? Like, let's say... I got just, kicked out of school. I would System say, failed the fuck out of me. I would say, like... You too. Specifically, mm-hmm. let's say if we were going to say there was a school created for boys who... Wrong, or, like, if it was something specific, I don't know. It's... I agree with you, but I feel like... It doesn't sound good. Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole thing about sounding PC. I hate right? it. I fucking hate <laughs> it. I'm, you know me, bro. I'm not like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I say it exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because I think that political correctness, it breaks down dialogue. Yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. How the hell are we ever supposed to understand each other if we're not allowed to say certain things? Yeah. That's if crazy. I want to offend you. Do you think... Um, I like getting offended. Makes me rethink what I, mean, I feel. That, that's my point. 
Like, how, how are you going to be able to ever come to a new idea mm-hmm. if you're if you're offended by everything to get to that new mm-hmm. spot? Today's society, there's a lot of people who are in their feelings. There's a lot of people who are in their feelings. Example A right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a sensitive fuck guy, man. and I, I understand it. I have a sensitive it. side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do. Hey, it is what it is. Anyways, I don't know. There's a lot that us Americans need to work on. So instead of building a fucking wall, let's fucking fix what's Take all on the inside. Put them up. Oh. <laughs> we can give them. Never mind. Let me stop. We <laughs> 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 cut it off. Alright, y'all ready to go? This has been drinks? what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. I got jiggity 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 justice, and I got Harry Gary the third. Uh, <laughs> I'm alright with that. I'm sorry you had a problem. <laughs> Where's my air horns? Stay tuned to the next episode. You dig? Woo! What a time to be alive. If you didn't know, now you know. Your boy fine like wine and make you wanna lose your mind. I need you to like, share, subscribe, donate. Let's do it all. If you got anything you want to talk about. Anything on your chest, come holla at your boy and we can take care of that. But first, I need you to go ahead and do that for your boy. You diggity dig!